Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Passover teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. First of all, I just want to mention that when I put this source sheet together, right before I printed it, I saw something that Rabbi Artsin posted on his Facebook wall, which uh, had a lot to do with my teaching, and so I put it on this source sheet, and I don't think I've ever quoted someone's Facebook wall before with them in my presence, so um, they're beautiful words of Torah, and uh, and I'm glad that he's here to be able to, to, to hear me use them and see them on this sheet. I'm going to pass this out in just one second, but first, I want to share that this, for some reason... I don't know why I can't tell you that there was a specific moment or a specific reason, but for some, I don't know, weird coincidence, this year, for the Passover Seders, I didn't feel like I, we, spent enough time thinking about the hardships of slavery. And yes, a Seder is supposed to be a celebration of freedom. Of course, we wouldn't have a Seder or even really the celebration of Passover if it weren't for our freedom. It's part of the reason why we celebrate and have have those Sedarim. And at the same time, I think because we just got back from the trip to the south, and I'd really been focused in the past weeks leading up to Passover just focus on the idea of slavery. What does it mean to be a slave? What does it mean to enslave? What does it mean to feel as though you are in slavery, whether or not you are actually a slave? And as we all know, slavery is not just something that happened hundreds or thousands of years ago, but it's something that is still happening today and that we are very aware of uh, in our own cities, communities, uh, country, and, and beyond. So, during the Sedarim, I was struck that, again, for whatever reason, I wasn't as focused on the slavery aspect of Passover. And I wondered what it then meant to get yourself to freedom. What does it mean to be able to celebrate freedom if you're not focused in on what it also means to feel and be enslaved? What does it mean to focus on freedom if you can't acknowledge the slavery that is around you or the the enslavement that you have felt in your own life? So I'll ask maybe Joey and Josh if they could pass out these sheets. I love being able to say that I don't think I made enough copies. I used to be annoyed by that, but post-pandemic, I feel like it's such a blessing to be able to say there's not enough. So you might need one per uh, couple. So what I want us to do today, and I'm not going to go through all of the sources that I put on this sheet. Number one, there are too many. And number two, I want to make sure that this is a a timely teaching. But I want us to look at the different places in which we talk about slavery and getting us to freedom. And I want to kind of give you the, the end result of this teaching by saying, I believe that the actual freedom is found in Shavuot, not in our Sedarim. That even though we celebrate freedom on Passover by having a Seder, we actually don't experience freedom until we receive Torah on Shavuot. And so what is it that the Omer does, or the period of time between Passover and Shavuot, what does that period of time do for us? 
to put ourselves through an exercise of understanding freedom. So in Exodus chapter 6, and though typically I would make this a little bit more interactive for time's sake and because we're also on Zoom and not everybody has a microphone, uh, I'm just, I'm going to do much of this frontally. Front, that's not a word. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, there you go. So in Exodus chapter 6, it says, and I'm just going to read it in in English, though the four words that are bolded on your sheet are the four words that that all of us and Joel Grossman actually mentioned in his sermon last week, um, are the four reasons potentially that we have the four cups of wine, the four ideas of redemption, etc., etc. Say therefore to the Israelite people, I am Adonai. I will free you from the labors of the Egyptians and deliver you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and through extraordinary chastisements. And I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I, Adonai, am your God who freed you from the labors of the Egyptians. Oh, great. So it seems to be. That even from this moment, we know that we are going to be free, but that we have to have an understanding of slavery and that we need to keep that in mind, right? We need to keep in mind the fact, and as you know, on Shabbat, when we say the Kiddush, or even if you want to go to the Taurine that we did today and the fact that we sing Az Yashir every morning, there is an idea in our minds of how we can bring ourselves back to those moments of slavery to then understand what it meant to be redeemed, what it meant to be free. So the next piece here from Exodus 32, it says, Thereupon Moses turned and went down from the mountain bearing the two tablets of the pact. Tablets inscribed on both their surfaces. They were inscribed on the one side and on the other. The tablets were God's work, and the writing was God's writing inscribed on the, upon the tablets. So you might be wondering, why did I bring this verse? Look to the bottom in Pirkei Avot, the bottom of that same sheet. In Pirkei Avot, there's this beautiful teaching. Uh, my teacher, Rabbi Aaron Alexander, always says that Pirkei Avot is just, you know, like the best, if you look on Google, right, best quotes for friendship or best quotes for learning. That's what Pirkei Avot is, like the, the quotables of our rabbis. So here we're going we're gonna to get a quotable, um, but it, got, it brings us back to this, to this moment in Exodus. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said, Every day a batkol, the heavenly voice, goes forth from Mount Chorev and makes proclamation and says, Oi unto humankind for their contempt towards the Torah. For whoever does not occupy themselves with a the, with the study of Torah is called Nazuf. It's called someone who is rebuked. And it says, and the tablets were the work of God, this is what we just read, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tablets. Read not charut, graven, right, written written on those tablets, but charut, freedom. So the rabbis are doing a word play here and saying, no, no, don't read it as though it says that they were graven onto the tablets. Rather, you shall say that that is what created our freedom. For there is no free person, but one that occupies themselves with the study of Torah. So what we get from this particular verse, and if we juxtapose it with the first verses from Exodus that we read, 
we see here that there is an understanding of freedom, but it's only to go back to my, to my thesis at the beginning. It's only until we understand that we have the ability and the blessing and the gift of learning Torah that we can actually feel our freedom. So where is the feeling of slavery? Where is that rootedness and how to get there? How do we get to those moments of freedom? Again, to me, the issue is we need to understand first that slavery, that feeling of enslavement before we can celebrate our freedom. Because as I felt when we were in the South... One of the most powerful elements of going to plantations and going to memorials for slaves was the fact that either they were unknown, even in death, or that we really don't understand the pain they were in. So walking around Whitney Plantation and seeing the life that these slaves lived showed and felt a type of slavery that then made me appreciate my freedom differently. Because had I not felt that, had I, had I not experienced that, sure, I understand the juxtaposition of slavery and freedom, but as a free person my whole life, I now appreciate freedom more, having felt or at least experienced what it might have felt like to have been enslaved. Turn the page for one second, <clears throat> or for the rest of the seconds, really. So there are two pieces in our Haggadah that I want us to look at. <clears throat> These are moments in our Haggadah that you know well, Halach Ma'anya. And Rabbi Klickfeld actually at our, um, at our community seder brought a really beautiful tradition that I'll let him explain at another time, uh, if you're interested. In the words right before these, going over with a plate of matzah from your table and putting that plate of matzah standing over someone's head and saying something beautiful about them or praising them in some way. And the idea is that you wouldn't be able to do that or maybe even be able to feel those things for someone unless you were a free person. And that is a concept that, again, to go back to this idea of understanding slavery, we appreciate those moments because we can actually have them. We have freedom of emotion. We have freedom of expression. We have freedom to be able to walk over to someone without asking permission. Just that slight movement from your chair to another person, we're able to do that because we are a free people. So look at Bechol Dor Vador. In each and every generation, Bechol Dor Vador, Chayav Adam Lirotet Atzmo Ke'ilu Hu Mitzrayim. Again, you all know this. This is not new. But what does it mean to, that we are obligated to see ourselves as if we have left Egypt? Are we supposed to feel like we were slaves? Or are we supposed to celebrate our freedom? In each and every generation, so each one of us, every time Passover comes along, we are obligated to see ourselves as if we left Egypt, as it is stated, for the sake of this did the Lord do this for me in my going out of Egypt. 
Not only our ancestors did God redeem, but rather also us together with him, with them did God redeem. And God took us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land which God swore unto our fathers. So if we read this to say that we need to feel as though we left Egypt, doesn't it seem that we should spend most of our time focusing on what that slavery meant to us and how then the freedom was that much sweeter? So if we look at Passover as the way of beginning this journey of slavery, again, our seders are supposed to be a time of celebration of our freedom. But if we think about when the the first seder begins, that we have from then until Shavuot to think about what did it mean for us to be slaves, for us to be redeemed, for us to be able to receive Torah, then we have weeks, seven to be exact, to be able to think about what is freedom and what was the slavery that we came from or what is the slavery that we are in now or what is the slavery that we know of in our world that we need to find freedom from. And we have those seven weeks to do that. I don't think that it starts and ends at a Seder. I think that it starts at the Seder and then... It doesn't even end at Shavuot, but it comes with a celebration of freedom at Shavuot. I don't think the celebration of freedom should actually be Passover. So this verse, verses from Leviticus are the verses that we say when we count the Omer. And from the day on which you bring the sheaf of elevation offering, the day after you must count until the se- until the day after the seventh week, fifty days, and then you shall bring an offering of new grain to the Lord. Okay, well, why would we bring an offering to God if we weren't celebrating some kind of freedom? We figured it out. By the time we get to Shavuot, there is a reason that we are praising God. There is a reason for celebration. There is a reason to understand what it is that we came out of and what we are now receiving. Because if we go back to the Perkeia vote quote, we now understand what it means to be a free people because we're receiving this Torah that now we can continue to learn. And even if you don't spend every day learning Torah, I would say that there are elements of everything that anybody does in their life, as long as they are good. That is Torah, right? Gamze Torah. Anything that you are doing to build this world in a better place, even if it's not reading the Talmud every single day, that is also Torah. And we can only do that if we are a free people. So I want to end with this quote that Rabbi Artson posted. <laughs> and I'm so glad that he's here so I can say this to his face. I thought that this was a beautiful way. I'm not sure if any of these microphones... Um, okay. I thought this was a beautiful way for us to understand what it is that we do with that freedom, right? So he wrote, we all know what it is like to be a stranger and an outcast. We are most free when we seek the strangers and welcome them home. 
So if we understand what it means to either feel enslaved or feel as though we are entrapped by something, or as Rabbi Artson said, left aside from something, then our job between Passover and Shavuot, because it's in our minds from the first moment of our Seder, is to figure out how we can seek out those who are feeling that same slavery or feeling that same pushed-asideness and allow them to feel like they are welcome with us. Allow them to feel that taste of freedom. Allow them to feel as though the celebration of our own freedom is one that they can also now be part of. So I hope from this moment until Shavuot, when hopefully you'll be back with us here at Temple Betham doing what I'm sure will be some kind of very interesting tikkun that will be planned in the next six weeks. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that you're able to focus on What does it mean to find freedom for ourselves? What does it mean to find freedom for others? In the smallest of moments and in the greatest gestures. And I don't mean for these next six weeks to be down in the dumps and depressed and wow, there's so much slavery in our world and to stay in that, in that depressive state around something that is not as celebratory as freedom. And yet, I think for us to really have experienced Passover, we need to have put ourselves into that space and to be able to take ourselves through the next weeks of figuring out what does it mean to be a free people. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.